Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidnor, founder of leading Australian podcast agency, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. While most entrepreneurial advice is to ignore the critics, sometimes we should pay attention. We're not saying listen to people constantly slating your ideas, but today's guest found that sometimes receiving criticism can disrupt your own business BS. Because if everyone is positive, how do you grow? In today's episode, powered by Shopify, we sit down with FinTech Disruptor and founder of Yonder Money, Shane Chanel. In this ep, Shane shares how he dealt with critics, why family will always be his rock, and what disrupting a new industry looks like. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, Firstly, welcome, and please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us in our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, Welcome, Shane. Shane, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks, Michelle. I'm actually uh, humbled and excited to, uh, to be on. Thank you. Of course. You know, you and I recently connected through your amazing co-founder, Harris, and also a dear friend. And, you know, when I looked to you and all of the awesome work you're doing in the fintech space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. For those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so... I am Shane Chanel, um, founder of uh, Yonder Money. Uh, we started about uh, four years ago. Um, we started off uh, wanting to be wanting to be a bank um, and uh, going down the traditional banking license route. Um, we ended up pivoting slightly. Uh, the vision remained very same, or very much the same. So we're 
offering lots of funky money services uh, and hopefully uh, making it fun uh, and cheap at the same time. I love that. And I can't wait to dive deeper into the business and your entrepreneurial journey. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, what did your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah, look, um, your parents are obviously um, your, your biggest role models, right? Um, so we, uh, we moved from Fiji uh, when I was 10. So we moved just after the coup happened in 2000. Um, have you been to Fiji yourself, Michelle? Oh, I've never, I've never been. I've got to go. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to check it out. Yeah, so we moved when, when, uh, when I was ten. They've been a massive influence on, on my life. Um, you know, dad especially. He worked for the airlines uh, growing up, and that that's actually been, I think, quite insightful. So yeah, we got to got to travel a lot uh, when we were younger. Um, you know, US a fair few times, Japan, you know, Australia especially. Um, and we were living in Fiji at this time, obviously. Um, and I also got to you know, travel alone. I travelled alone when I was six years old. Wow. Um, which is, you know, I think pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you know, since, well, since we moved here, Dad, Dad's only been in business. He's been uh, involved in three different businesses. And when you're young, you know, uh, especially growing up, you know, nicely put it, you're, you're probably child labour, right? <laughs> uh, you, you do whatever... Whatever your your parents, I guess, ask you to do, and whatever uh, you need to do for them. Yeah. Oh, exactly right. Um, so you get your hands dirty, you know. I've done a, especially for his businesses, I've done a lot of sales, a lot of marketing, and a lot of web design, SEO, HR, admin, swept the floors, right? Um, but look, he's he's also, you know, mum and dad both, they're quite quite generous, um, and that's that's um, definitely created. Uh, my my personality in that sense as well, you know. A, a part of obviously, you know, yonder is is uh, is also means to to be able to give back. Something recently we've started is it's called Guardians of of the Pacific. Um, so it's a charity that that's focused in on um, helping orphans in in Fiji uh, specifically. Most uh, most of the people that a part of this journey they you know they're Fijian born and and I guess you know there's, there's a few orphanages there we were there uh just before uh lockdown actually from for my grandma's um 75th birthday and um we got to visit an orphanage up in bar there so you know we, we took food and, and chocolate's really expensive in Fiji for example mm-hmm. yeah, there's 28 kids um and uh you know we had we had a few different stuff but 24 pack of Kit Kat I guess they were so wrapped by by such a small gesture, you know. They were so excited, uh, but we got home and there's two massive box of favourites that are sitting on the on the kitchen table that no one has touched. Yeah. So look, I guess it, you know it, it sort of inspired me to to try to do something about it. Um, and yeah, so if anyone here you know wants to help out with the cause um, or can assist in any way, uh, would uh, I'd love for you to get in touch. Oh, I just love how. Yeah, your roots have played such a massive role in your journey and, and kind of how you see the world. And we'll definitely link that up in the show notes, the uh, link to participate or donate or whatever it may be. But I think, you know, I always love asking that question because 
so much of who we are and how we see the world is established in those early years. You know, for you growing up until the age of 10 in Fiji and then making the move to, you know, first world country Australia, what was that like for you personally? You know, obviously it was a long time ago, but do you remember what it was like coming to this country, seeing how people operate? Obviously your dad's now in business, you're helping out. Like, you know, what were your teen years like? And I guess what were some of the things that you learned about yourself during that time? Oh, look, it's such a such a deep question. Um, look, uh, the, the transition um, was was okay. Uh, there was you've obviously had you know a fair few fair few lingos that you didn't understand. I remember when uh, one of my mates asked me if I wanted to sing it, right? And um, I'm like, a what? <laughs> um, and he goes, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting tea on, on the way home tonight. You know, I'm like what? Why? Why is a bloke buying tea to, to take home? You know, and. Um, there was there was little things like that, uh, you know, words that you didn't understand. But um, I guess you learn it over over the next few years, right? Um, but Fiji was an English speaking nation, so and it's a British colony, so uh, it's a pretty mixed um, uh, mixed demographic there. Um, but look, I guess you know my values. Uh, back to your question, is really centered around family. You know, um, my culture uh, is important to me, and you know, being respectful to people. Uh, you know, respect the elders. That's uh, you know, instilled into me, right? Like, <laughs> those are, I guess, the, the key things that I think I, I took away from being born not in Shire. Mm. I love how you say that respect the elders. I think, you know, so many of us who grow up with immigrant parents, you know, all we want to do is respect them, is to please them, is to make sure that we're doing whatever we possibly can to, you know, keep them happy. And I think in so many ways it can be such a beautiful thing because of that level of respect. But in so many ways I think it can make us do things that perhaps isn't very aligned with who we truly are and what we actually want to do. You know, I saw that you went to Deakin University here in Melbourne, did Bachelor of Commerce, and then soon after got into finance and went all the way through stockbroker. I think you were for a stint there. And then I think you also did some work at, uh, you know, some wealth advisors up in Sydney. You know, talk to us a little bit about perhaps the struggle that you went through when it comes to not wanting to disappoint our parents especially when we know how much they've given up or done for us look i think i think we were quite lucky um that uh, our parents were quite quite worldly in that sense um that we were never forced to to go down a path um there was there was no there was obviously you know gentle nudges towards certain things as, as any parent would um but uh, it was you know it was it was my decision to do whatever i wanted to uh, at the end of the day. So you know, I, I really respect that. Yeah, so interesting. And what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who perhaps are struggling with that identity piece around, you know, or or just that piece around wanting to please or just, you know, make sure that we respect as much as we can our parents and our elders, but then also perhaps wanting to make those those key decisions for ourselves, you know, what advice would you give to us for those of us who are struggling with that or perhaps have struggled with that in the past? Look, I guess at the end of the day, this is your life, right? You're going to live it for the next 50, 60 years and you got to be passionate about about what you do in life. You don't want to be, you don't want to be struggling to 
get up out of bed and be like, oh no, another day again, you know? That's the main thing I'd say. I guess your parents come from a place of love and and um, they want to have the best for you. Um, but uh, you also, you know, know yourself, right? And you just got to, I guess, find your own journey sometimes. Um, my biggest learnings have come from, I guess, you know, making mistakes and that's how you learn, right? Absolutely. I'm like, I fail on the daily. So, you know, a massive advocate for that. So I wanted to have a bit deeper into the story. So you're in the working world now, you know, you've made this decision to go out and be in finance. Um, you know, your parents are happy with that. You're good with it. And you're now navigating through that time. You know, you mentioned that all of those different experiences really taught you about the industry and yourself and, and, you know, what do you think are perhaps the top three things that you really learned during that time? And, you know, you mentioned that you have to follow your own journey. At what point for you during your career prior to your business did that click for you? Yeah, look, um, that's a good question, especially at the uni. What does the educational system teach us? The biggest advice I could give to anyone coming out of uni, especially, is go to your last lecture. Right? You'll uh, you'll probably get a few hints to, to what's on the exam. <laughs> I guess problem solving, right, and um, and multitasking, and and you realise when you, when you get to uni and get to work that you're on your own. No one's there to hold your hand anymore. That's what that's what life is about. That's what business is about, right? Like right now, I deal with problems every day, and multiple problems. My professional title is I'm a professional problem solver. That's my job. Professional problem solver, yes. How do you not get frustrated when you're navigating through all of the problems and all of the issues that you're faced on the daily as an entrepreneur? And even prior to that time there, you know, when you were just trying to navigate through the world of work, how do you do that? Look, I enjoy business, right? I enjoy the struggle. I mean, pain is pleasure almost to some extent. I think the biggest takeaway that I can give anyone is, What's a pain point you're trying to solve? What what is the pain point? Um, my best friend and I uh, were sitting out at Alumbro. If, if anyone lives in Melbourne, it was, it was a great club before before the wolf um, kind of started to deteriorate. Um, you know, we're sitting there and, and uh, I remember having a chat about uh, just you know you guys look you know we're talking about just life and, and business in general. Uh, and this has gone back nearly ten years ago, right? And he goes, you know, what's some of the problems that you're having right now? Um, and I said, look. Um, you know, I've got documents at home. I've got, you know, I've documents at work and I don't want to carry a USB stick around, right? It's inconvenient. Not long after that, Dropbox became huge, right? And then after that, I made a constant decision of, of writing down my inconveniences. And a couple of years later, I realized that I had over 150 inconveniences written down. Um, and then, you know, I tried to see if, if any of them overlapped and, uh, and you know, what, what solution or what I was passionate about or passionate enough about to want to try to solve, right? And um, if, if if one solution could solve multiple of those pain points, you know, um, over the last few years, you know, I've just been been passionate about solving those those pain points. Um, after you found your pain point and something that you're passionate about, you know, validate your idea. We can be victims of, of believing in our, our own BS, right? So chat chat to people. So you know, do do some surveys. What else? Well, I guess part of my my startup journey. I guess your income, right? One thing I learned was, um, you know, don't quit your day job if you don't have to. Your capacity is so much greater. Uh, you're so much more efficient when you've got a routine, you know. Um, build a team around you. 
build a team that you trust. Trust is the most important thing. Uh, you know, you, you, don't, you don't want someone who's, uh, I guess, you know, part of that group assignment at uni where you did all the work and, and they came for the ride, you know. And uh, passion plays a big part. Um, if you're, you got to be passionate about it. You know, are, are you willing to, to burn your burn your ass? Because um, that will just define how persistent you're willing to be, right? Uh, if you're not passionate about it, you know, you're not going to persist with it. Try to go as far as you can without raising funds. That's something that we've really been focusing on. You know, keep it lean. You don't have to spend money on big, big bucks on, on you know, getting big agencies to, to develop campaigns for you, whatever the case is. See if you can do it yourself as far as you can do it. If you get to a stage where you need to build it out, great. No worries. So, so valuable. You mentioned you have to get over your own BS. What was some of the BS that you had to get over in order to do what you do now yes um yeah look you know sometimes you can build an idea in your head and um and think oh yeah this is great this is great this is great and be surrounded by two or three people that continuously validate you and you're like oh yeah this is amazing this is amazing amazing but then you go to 10 people and they're like what are you doing mate so i I guess that that was um that was the the reflection do some surveys continually Continually trying to understand what your customers are thinking. Um, how can you improve? How can you make this better? Is this something they actually want? If they don't want it, why are you doing it? Again, so valuable. I want to get a bit vulnerable here. I want to talk a little bit about the dark side of business. You know, I think from the outset, people think of quote unquote, you know, entrepreneur or CEO and they, they put all this gloss around it and they think, oh, how incredible you might, that person must just be like, wow. You know, most of the time though, the journey is grueling. Can you talk to us a little bit about where the idea for Yonder came about and what were those early days like for you, you know, and I guess what were those hard times like? What did they look like for you? So many peaks and troughs, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, it gets tough, right? It, it will get hot. Uh, if you can't handle the heat, you, you got to get out of the kitchen, right? Um, and, and look, made major anxiety through through a lot of that period, right? But you were so invested. I remember we obviously did a did a capital raise and got a lot of money from people. And, um, and this is obviously you know not not something I've mentioned to too many people. So we did a. Uh, there's two ways of of listing on the market, right? You can do an IPO. Or you can do a reverse takeover. Um, so the reverse takeover is when you you buy a shell company that doesn't have a business in it uh, that's already listed on the ASX um, or Nasdaq or wherever, wherever you're listing, and and you can put your business into that, right? So we we started doing that. We raised significant capital. Um, you know things were going really well, um, but uh, hit a couple of you know compliance snags and. Um, it, it all sort of dwindled away, right? And, and the biggest thing was um, wanting to be a bank. We had to raise significant capital. We had to raise up to fifteen million dollars, right? Which is a, a lot of money to uh, to try to raise at a, a very early stage, right? So, uh, and if customers or investors don't see liquidity, I mean, they they want to be able to know how they can get their money out if they need to, right? So we we were obviously looking to provide them with a liquidity uh, event to. Um, to be able to get that sort of cash. Um, and when that didn't go through, I was like, what do we do now? Yeah, look, at a lot of sleepless nights, um, yeah, a lot, lot of uh, lot of uncertainty. Um, and look, but that that comes, right? And I guess you've got, you've got to be ready for that. You've got to be able to pivot. Uh, and we were lucky enough, I guess, you know, 
it, it could have been it could, that could have been the end of us there potentially who knew, who knew but um but we were very lucky uh we ended up partnering with uh with another entity and um and we were able to roll out our product and and touch wood here we are now uh and to be to be honest with you it's a blessing in disguise because if we'd gone down the previous path I don't think we would have been anywhere near as successful as what we are now. So yeah, things just just got to believe that things will happen for the better. How do we believe when we feel so beat down when nothing's going our way repetitively and we just don't see any way out? Good vulnerable question. I love it. Um, and, and you're right. You know, I, I was. I remember. I don't know. There was. There's probably two days where. I was in bed and, and from bed I, I transitioned to the couch and, you know, and, and you'd be a potato for a while. And, and you're in so much anxiety and stress that, like, what what do I do now, right? Um, but then you have to make a decision, Michelle. You, you, go, you look at yourself in the mirror and, and you're like, hey, I've got to do something. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be spending another, another month, another another you know year or whatever the case is uh, procrastinating on this and um yeah just try to find a way forward uh, we were lucky i think um was was it luck or whether it's just persistence i don't know um but uh yeah look everyone's journey is different right i i i don't think there's, there's one size fits all um yeah is a porridge too hot is it too cold or was it just right um i guess your, your journey is going to be different and, and you figure out what works for you. I just resonate with so much of what you're saying and I'm sure our amazing peers out there listening feel you. Thank you, Sean. Honestly, we don't talk enough about the tough times and about what it takes to build, in your case, a bank, you know, and, and what that means as the CEO and as the founder. So I'd love to kind of, Talk about the progression of the business. So, you know, it from those early days, struggling to get off the couch, you just, you just don't know. You've hit a wall, unsure if that's going to be the end of the business. You know, what was that time like after that? You mentioned that you were able to raise or, you know, you, you got you ended up getting the funding. And then obviously recently you've had quite a few wins with the backing of, I'll I'll let you tell the story, but, you know, getting some great um, people from the industry to back you. Can you talk to us a little bit about that progression? Yeah, look, uh, and and that also, you know, goes into into some of my frustrations as well, right? Um, I remember when when I first started this journey, we pounded the pavement. Absolute pound of the pavement um, in Australia. Something called ESIC, uh, Early Stage Investment Company, um, and uh, there's also uh, at that time, uh, you know, I'm talking 2017, 2018. There's um, there was 50 uh, early stage investment company funds, right? Their mandate, but and so they are uh, provided tax incentives by the government, massive tax incentives to invest in early stage companies, right? Um, and look, mind you, this is pre, you know, tech really starting to take off. I reached out to about 30 of these, right? Had meetings with, with multiple ones. And, and, and the last question usually was, oh, hey, Shane, this sounds amazing, right? But they get me to pitch them. And, um, and they say, oh, look, um, our mandate, unfortunately, doesn't allow to invest in yeah, pre-revenue companies, right? It's like, mate, we're, we're a bank, we're a startup, 
how do you expect us to um to to have revenue from from day dot right uh whereas you look at the the market in the us and, and people are willing to take a lot more risk because of this they're, they're seeing the likes of of google's of facebook's and you know these these sort of guys that have that have done really well Look, and, and I hope that that culture has changed, especially at the you know the real ground levels for startups that are looking to start now. Um, and, and digital banking wasn't done in a massive way, right? Uh, we were uh, in Europe; it, it started a couple of years before that, and there was a couple of learnings there. But in Australia, you know, the regulators were quite um, reserved, especially when you talked about you know digital assets. Like, how do we handle this, right? Those are challenging, but um, I, I had a guy, you know, show because uh, I put a post up on LinkedIn and it's like, hey, look, you know, we're looking for investors. If anyone's just to reach out, and I had a few people, you know, say, hey, look, you know, that uh, one of these guys, he um, he asked me a whole bunch of questions, and and uh, you know, over a couple of weeks, right, and then um, continued over many days, continued to tell me at how my idea was and how oh. it wasn't going to work. Um, and, and, he, and he told me that in, in various different ways, right? But you know what, Michelle? I love these type of people. Um, they're very important to your business. I mean. Right? Because they make you question what you're doing, you know, why you're doing it. And if everyone agrees with you in your boardroom as well as in your team, then you're probably, you know, starting to believe your own BS, as we mentioned before. You, you need this sort of people to... To question what you're doing, and uh, you know, hopefully you learn from and improve, right? And I politely told him, "Hey, thanks, mate. Thanks. I appreciate the feedback." Uh, and I did try to address you know, a couple of the issues that he pointed out. Um, that was a journey itself, you know. A lot of people try to figure out your idea to how they can implement it, all that sort of stuff. But you just ultimately you got to back yourself, you know. Even if they come on, so what? You know, you can't you can't stop them. Um, they're going to do that regardless. You've just got to you just got to believe in what you're doing, um, and uh, look. I guess you know, my skill set is, is is different to everyone else's, right? Like a lot of people might be technical, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not technical. I've tried to teach myself code, uh, you know, basic Python, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I guess what what I've been good at is is yeah, really hunting people down, you know, um, pitching investors, pitching stakeholders. Now, pitching your staff, you've got to keep your staff motivated, right? They've got to be, they've got to buy into your vision. Uh, you've got to consistently empower them. And and when they are empowered, though, Michelle, oh my God, it's so powerful, right? Like a, a few weeks ago, oh, oh yeah, it was amazing. You know, see my team, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I think I barely said anything in that meeting, right? And and they are sort of like pitching, and it's just like, yes, this is, you know, the energy is just coming through and it's a proud dad moment but that that pitching never stops right you're pitching to the media you're pitching you know you're pitching for partnerships you're pitching vendors i mean you're pitching your parents you know my parents still quit <laughs> it's it's my mom i remember my mom being like when i told him hey, i want to start a bank um she's like what she's, come on shane <laughs> have some like normal goals in life for a change <laughs> what are you doing Poor mum. She thought you were throwing it all away. Oh, look, it's you know, still a long way to go, right? But um, you've got to keep pushing. Absolutely. I'm absolutely loving this. Your journey is fascinating. I've got a couple of final questions for you. I am mindful of your time. And the first one is, what has been your greatest win and failure to date? Um, look, I guess it's nice seeing validation. 
right? When you get validated, you've been working on your idea for so long. And, 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 um, I'll start with, uh, I guess I'm not very good at celebrating. All right. Um, celebrating the wins. Um, so, uh, we uh, we've been very lucky to have um, ANZ's ex CEO Mike Smith on our board for for the last few years, um, and he's been very instrumental on our on our journey, our vision, and uh, you know how we've how we've done some of the things that we've done. Um, and uh, you know that hit the newspapers uh, this week. Um, and, and look, you know, I feel blessed because I've I've, I've hit you know, a I've got a thousand one messages over the last last few weeks. Um, you know, been congratulations. How'd you do it? Blah blah blah. Right, and and, it, and it's and it's great. But I struggle to celebrate. Right, and I'll, and I guess my next question is, what's next? Like, okay, all right, we've done this now. You know, um, you got to create legitimacy. You've got to, you know, you've got to show people why they should trust your brand. What's next? Bring on what's next. Um, so look, what's my biggest achievement so far? I'm going to park that one. Right, I'm going to park that one until the next couple of milestones are achieved, right? Because I honestly feel like until then, you know, the vision isn't complete. I just want to be humble as possible, right? And be the average bloke that I am today. Um, you still want to be helping people every day, you know? And, and uh, you know, if you see a homeless guy on the street, buy him a coffee, you know? That's, that's who I want to be in 10 years' time. And whatever the outcome is, there's no guarantees of, of the startup or, or whatever you're doing, right? Um so you just gotta, you just gotta remain humble. So true to your friends, so true to your family, and um, and uh, you know your family's a rock, really. Yeah, uh, th- through that anxiety time that, that we spoke of before, they they were my rock, right? Oh yes, I'm nodding along. Look, Shane, over the last four years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. Obviously, we've seen the launch of the brand and of the bank. It's all a very exciting time for you at the moment. What are three, but you've also had to endure, sorry, but you've also had to endure so much over the last four years to get to this point, some of which you've talked to today. You know, what are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? Oh, I like this question. I'd say enjoy the moment. Um, You get so caught up in the rat race, so caught up that, um, that you probably take a lot of that stress on, um, on yourself. And, uh, you know, a few years will pass by and you're like, what fun have I had? You know, what, what have I done that's been super exciting? And look, every day is super exciting. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I love what I do, right? And and I'm so empowered by the impact that we're going to have now and, and in the future. Uh, but definitely enjoy the moment, right? Try to, try to, and, and that's something, you know, that celebration thing I spoke of before, I am trying to get better at celebrating the little wins. The other things I do is um, you get so caught up and, and you start working in you know, a 14-hour days, right? I don't know if you found that when, when you've uh, oh, with the podcast. Oh, the early days. Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, again, you know, you've, you've got to find a balance though because you, you don't, um, it's not, not productive. Right, you you procrastinate probably through through six of those hours. Um, you go to the gym, like, do, do the mindfulness stuff that um, that you've got to do. You know, set your goals, and your goals are going to completely change every every ten minutes. 
stay true to your vision. You know, people are going to question you all the time. I remember meeting um, the governor of the Reserve Bank of a, of a certain country and his payments, uh, payments is, a, is a massive thing. Why do you want to really focus and, and um, provide a solution here, right? Um, he goes, why not lending and, and the other, other components? Um, and you know, two years on, um, you know, since the pandemic's happened, and cash, non-cashless payments it, it is is the biggest thing going around, right? Or, or one of at least. I, I guess you got to you got to stay true to your vision. Um, lots of lots of learnings. I mean, everyone's journey is a little bit different. You've just got to know your skills. Um, you have some good people around you. You have to have some good friends around you that that are going to back you up, no matter whatever happens. You know, have that support network. Try to keep your funds you know, lean, right? Um, I, I have to move back home so I can give this the best opportunity. And you've given it the best shot ever. Look, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Shane, for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing for showing us, and particularly us young, ambitious millennials, that, you know, if we have that vision, that goal and that dream, it's not too far-fetched, although it will be hard, and we actually can turn that into our full-time job and our reality. So for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you, Michelle. No, no problem. Anytime. And you know, if anyone ever wants to reach out, uh, more than happy to, to help in any way. Amazing. And the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Um, look, I'm obviously most passionate about Yonder. Um, so uh, what is Yonder doing? Um, you know, is, is the business helping others? Um, you know, is it making their lives better? Are, are we helping people uh, make money easier, right? Are, are, we, are we providing a, a or facilitating um, a platform where we can make it cheaper, faster, better, right? I think that's that's where where my passion really lies at, at this stage, right? Um, does it doesn't make you happy, is it making making your customers happy? You know, so if if you're not changing other people's lives and and, and you know your life um, through the process, I guess your passion won't go far. But uh, yeah, hundred percent. Well, that's what I'm passionate about. Uh, and uh, I'm passionate about Yonder, so. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shane. It has been so awesome. Where can we learn more about you and Yonder? Um, so follow us on socials, uh, jump on our website, yonder.money, and, uh, yeah, sign up, uh, on board, start spending, start saving. Start spending and start saving. We love it. Oh, thanks so much again, Shane. It's been absolutely awesome. No worries, Michelle. Thank you so much. Honour to the board. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, Head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest beer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit 
thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your